Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So mad the Lions lose the series. They come up just short, just not quite good enough. What did you make of that third and final test? Um, it was a bit more of the same, Stu. It was what we expected from the Lions, A eh? and the first two tests, with the exception that Finn Russell came on unexpectedly very early because of Dan Bigger's injury. Not that you wish any player to get injured. Um, and he was, he had a very, very competent game. And in many ways, for the first time, we saw the Lions really trying to exploit or successfully exploiting different areas of space that the Springbok defence gave us. I thought he had, he had a great game. I've said all along with you, thought he could win a game. We thought we could lose a game too. But he, um, to his great credit, he, he showed he's matured. His goal kicking was much, much better than it had been previous to tour. And therefore, there's, there's, you can see something like when I say players change on lines to us, there's a player that, that's obviously benefited from being around an incredibly professional environment. A number of other great players in his position has watched and learned, had time to practice. And uh, I think the Lions tour may make him a, a, a much, much better player. There certainly wasn't the flakiness about his play. Didn't know late trips and ridiculous drop goals and, you know, crazy kicks. He used his skill, he had a smile on his face, but he, he was uh, very strategic. I thought that was fantastic for, on one aspect. The, the other aspect is, you know, we had to wait to, I've got it written down here, the 56th minute of the third test. And if we consider that the Lions A team, uh, sorry, the Africa A team versus the Lions, was probably a fourth test as well. We had to wait four, four games, the 56 minute of the fourth game, to finally get some space for the genius of Chislin Colby uh, to, to shine out and show us what he could do. And it was quite magical try. And he showed you know, his, why he's regarded as one of the best, if not the best winger in the world, even though he's only five foot eight, his lightning and his footwork are just absolutely glorious to watch. But it's just a shame that we had to wait that long to see that flash of brilliance. There should be, the game should allow times in each match where we get to see these guys on both sides that have, have the brilliance. Um, and he, he showed it. But again, I think the Lions selection was, didn't match their game plan and was found wanting in a number of aspects. Ultimately, do you think a bit of decision-making Matt, you know, taking the three, not taking the three, cost them 
or they just weren't quite good enough in the end, Matt? I think it's a combination of everything, Stu, but like why in a test series that has been an arm wrestle uh, and, and forget the other two games, where that was in the match, to not take the points is just, just sat there going, wow, really? You're not really, you're not going to take the point. And it, you know, that did cost them. But it wasn't the only thing that cost them. But, but strategically in the match, that was a massive, massive decision. And it turned out to be the wrong decision. Um, compare that to what the South Africans did. But I, I think it's sort of indicative of the whole tour. The selection of the squad didn't match the tactics, the, 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 the desire of the match day tactics. The, the selection of each test team didn't match the tactics. There were glaring holes. There was such chopping and changing when it came to test match side, test match time. Um, it was quite surprising. Um, again, no specialist outside centre. So you had three different outside centres in, uh, in the, the uh, three tests. You know, lots of changes on the wing, except Ben and Merwin, who we thought was really a bit of a liability. Uh, the bench didn't give us bed, didn't give us anything off the bench, didn't really show a lot of zap, you know, apart from Finn Russell. Um, so there was, and poor Liam Williams looked short of a run. You know, he got, there was probably an opportunity in the first half where he, he had a two-on-one and all he had to do was pass. And I thought it probably would have been a Lions try. Like you can't guarantee that it was a fair way to run, but it looked like that would have been a Lions try. And for some unknown reason, he hung onto the ball on a two-on-one. And uh, I thought his efforts against Colby were very poor, as as uh, was Cowan Dickey when he was coming across in cover. I thought he should have should have had him. So, you know, all in all, a lot of wrong decisions that all played a small part in accumulating for the for the uh, final selection of Mornay Stain. On the other hand, to step in like something. What a man! Of, what a man, Mark. Like something out of a comic book strip, wasn't it? You know, like. 12 years later to do the exact same thing. And everyone's questioned the selection and go, wow, okay. But he was there for a reason. He was there for a reason. The end of these games can be tight. And he showed he still got it and stepped up and won them a, a, won them the game on a very questionable penalty, it has to be said. I've watched it a number of times. Wow. You know, not uh, uh, Courtney Law's making the tackle, not rolling away and you go, that's not rolling away. Like he's fighting every inch to get away. He can't quite get away because the legs are there. I don't think he laid still for anything near a second. It was a harsh, harsh penalty. But still, that's it. To be fair to the referee, that he gave a number of those during the game for not rolling away, and I thought all of them were tough. But that's that's the way the the cookie crumbles, as they say. They got the penalty, but he, he stepped up and kicked the beauty. There are a few reports, Matt, that Gatland again could be the man, though it's very, very early days to lead Lions to Australia. But do you think his time is up with the Lions and he should move on or someone else should come in and take control? Or what do you think of that situation? Look, the history of the Lions in in modern times, so let's let's go back to 89 when they toured Australia. Like they've pretty much stayed with the same group of coaches for several tours. I mean, um, uh, Clyde Woodward was the only, only one to get one tour and then got, got pumped. 
because the South African tour just didn't work. Um, you know, I've got some theories on that. I probably can't say because you get sued, but, you know, uh, the, the, the old school lines didn't want to change. They didn't want it to, to move on. There was no doubt strategically on, on certain aspects, Clive got it wrong um, because of the test matches. But that was all about, you know, you've got to preserve the, the um, integrity of the lines, the midweek teams as important as the other teams. Yeah, look, it is, I guess. Um, but then, you know, Gaddy came on as an assistant and it's been, it's been McGeekin handing on the baton on to Gaddy. So, you know, it's, it's, it's possible that Gaddy holds onto it. It is possible because it is so unique. I think the thing, if, we, if we're talking about a lot of the negatives about the tour, it still seemed a pretty unified group of players. You didn't hear too much bitching. Now, they're in a bubble. We'll know a little bit more from that. We all know every, every tour, there's someone that's not happy. Um, usually, the players don't speak out too much because that's the code of conduct. That's the, that's the unwritten code that you do. I mean, Shawnee O'Brien did, and I didn't think it was a very good look for Sean, and, and a lot of other people didn't either. Um, when he, from the last tour, from the New Zealand tour, where he criticised Gaddy. Um, he said that if Joe Schmidt was coach, they would have won it. Um, so it's, it's, it's a unique environment. And Gaddy does seem to be able to unify those groups well. And he can pick staff well, because we've got to understand that wasn't the, the COVID stopped him getting the staff he wanted. I think you can be fair to say that. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it's way too... Look, the fact we're talking about it, I think, is a bit ridiculous. You know, I'm not criticising your question because it's being speculated there out in the media. But it is just, you know, there should be a review, and that's what they will do. There'll be an analysis. What are we doing? Where are we going forward? How are we going to get better? Um, and and knowing that Australia is a um, is a completely different kettle of fish to tour than than South Africa. The Australians play a different way. In many ways, the Lions love touring Australia because. They travel the length and breadth of the country. It's such a beautiful place. Um, they're welcomed everywhere. There's a lot of openness. For them. There's very similar cultures, very, very similar to home. As you know, Stu, you spent time in Australia. They play at fantastic venues. And um, the Australians aren't as strong. It's certainly a, it's a much more open uh, a series when they play in Australia. That's just all. And that's because that's the way the Australians play. Uh, and long may it remain so. It's, it's a beautiful way of playing the game. So Gaddy could uh, hang on to that if he wants to. Now, he's getting on a bit. I'm not saying he's over the hill, but it might be time to move on. The question is, who do you move on to? Who's, who's there? Is it Gregor Townsend? You know, is it back to, to the famous Scottish coaches of, of McGeekin and Jimmy Telfer? Well, they're not the same people. It's not the same generation. It is possible. Um, you know, is it Eddie Jones? Now, Eddie Jones would give his right arm to go back home to Australia and stick it to him. Like, I can guarantee you, Eddie would take their arm off to do it. You know, he, he will do it. But, you know, Eddie's personality probably doesn't fit uniting four different countries after his, the things he said about the scummy Irish and things like that. You know, and he also said the same thing about some pretty derogatory thing about Wales. And so maybe he's burnt a few bridges there. Who is the replacement? That's the question. Um, so it's an, it's an interesting one, uh, but I don't think it's one that's going to come up in any seriousness for another 12 to 18 months. Yeah, definitely. And if we bring it back to this series, it had its critics, Matt. Um, in total, 
look, it came down the last couple of minutes, to be fair, no matter yeah. what anyone says. Nice. Third test, Africa obviously ran out, as we said, 2-1 winners. But in general, Matt, the tour, what did you make of it? There were so many ups and downs, wasn't there? Yeah. I mean, it's extraordinary. Rugby around the world has done what it's done. You know, like the, the pretty much the games have gone ahead. Like this weekend, Argentina are playing in South Africa and Australia are playing at Eden Park again, unfortunately. <laughs> Eden Park are going to get beaten again. But, you know, you look through all the tournaments. So the Super Rugby went on in the South, the uh, Six Nations, all the, all, the, all the competitions in the North, and, and the Lions Tour got through it in, in an extraordinarily difficult period of time in a country that has just been ravaged. So rugby deserves a pat on the back with that, including the, the, the um, Olympic Games. Obviously, the Sevens were a great, great spectacle at the Olympic Games. So there's so much... Uh, to be proud of and to delight in in, the, in our game. But it, it, it was a really disappointing tour as far as entertainment, excitement, uh, and for, as an advertisement for our game, as to say what's good about all the good things about rugby. And I just mentioned all the good things about rugby. It's, it's across 200 countries. It's for all sizes and shapes and all that. The culture of our game is a wonderful thing. The, the inclusivity of our game is a wonderful thing. You know, but to, to to play those games in the manner they did, you know, as a South African journalist said, just said, I'll oh, stop whinging, you know, the proof's in the pudding, we won. We've won the World Cup, we've won that. You know, usually what happens after that is the governing bodies of these sports step in and change the laws. Look at basketball, we've got the three-point line brought in, we've got the 30-second rule. Like 20 years ago, teams could hold the ball for five minutes and not have a shot at goal. If you don't have a shot at goal now, 30-second buzzer goes off, you turn around, you've got the, the three-point Mark brought in to stop or to, to add something more to the game, to have long shots, to bring back the, the beauty of the long shot to the game. So we're seeing these games around the world adjust to, to make the game more interesting. And look, I just think that tournament, that tour, sent the biggest message to, to the Northern Hemisphere and to the people that run World Rugby. Look, we're in trouble. We're in real trouble with this game as an entertainment, as a spectacle. Is just not working. And it's not working. People say, oh, we don't want to change the fundamentals. Fundamentally, it's not working to be a game that's open for all shapes and sizes, to be a contest, to give equal amount of space to attack and defence. We've just lost that. And we've lost that for a long, long time. But this tour really smacked it out. Now, I don't think World Rugby is going to act too much, Stu. I really don't. I think that's a, that's a real tragedy. I'll tell you what I do think is a possibility. I do think that a big company like Amazon or one of these giants that wants to get some streaming, they might do a Kerry Packer and what he did to cricket, World Series cricket, set up a different, different game of cricket, give it some different laws, update the laws and play it and put it on television. And, and if unless World Rugby acts, well, I think that's, a, that's not beyond the realms of possibility. Because the, the, the wages in rugby are quite compared to the, look, what Lionel Messi's getting, that would power the whole English, you know, most of the English premiership. So the money to his giant company is not much. And unless World Rugby's act, someone's going to do something like this because it's, it's at the point of revolution. It's at the point where people in the game, rugby people like me that have been in it my whole life, people I talk to, I don't talk to one rugby person, not one, 
who privately doesn't say to me, God, that was horrible. Now, they mightn't say it publicly as much because they've got positions to hold. I have not had one person of all the guys I've played with, all the guys I've coached, all the other coaches I've been with, all the people I've met over the years who come to me and say, that was wonderful. Not one. And all of them are also saying, we've got to change. We're in real trouble. This is really bad. And they're right. And our governing body has seen it and they've got to act. And I don't think they will, Stu. So I think rugby's in a, in a, really, a really tough place at the moment. Uh, and I think uh, unless the officials want some form of revolution that they lose control of and could really damage the game, I think they need to act. They need to act pretty, pretty quick, smart, because the community is sick of it. The community's fed up with it. And um, I, I, I think it's at the point if someone out there brings up an alternative, that might very well happen. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So the new, um, for this weekend, there's new six new laws for the rugby championship. The thing, you know, the 50-22 kick map yeah. on the red card and a couple other changes at the break down in the rock, etc. Yeah. What else would you like to see, Matt? What if you were in control or you had to make changes, what's the biggest changes you want to see in the game of rugby? Well, we could do some things. It, that's a huge question, Stu. It's, it's a 50-minute it's a, it's a podcast. There's a lot of things we could do. Let, let's just look at some simple things. Risk and reward. We're, we're, the, the, I've got it written down here. The Springboks in the last 18 tests have only led in 16 tries. Right? That, so they've got phenomenal defence. So what does that tell us? Defence is winning games. So if we look at the last series of tries, the Lions have scored, you know, they're mostly by malls. And I said 56 minutes till Chisholm Colby got his space in the third test. 56 minutes of the third test, Chisholm Colby got the space. Okay, if we just say scrummaging, all penalties of scrummaging are Ben Arms. In other words, you can't kick for touch and get a line out and you can't kick for goal. That is, of course, unless it's dangerous play or offside. Okay, what does that mean? It means people stop scrummaging to get penalties and they pass the ball out. So we have backline attack off scrums. So we don't have this endless scrummaging for penalties. They've got to get the ball out. If you also said everyone off, every defensive team off a line out and a scrum is back 15 metres. Now, not 10 metres, 15. Off both sets, it's 15 metres. 
we would see a lot more set play attack. We're only changing a few goals. If we said uh, uh, tries are now worth seven points, all penalty goals and um, conversions and drop goals are two points. All the, all the kicks are level at two, and we're lifting that to seven. So if you score a try and convert it, it's nine points. The reward for going for tries becomes much, much more great than that. Now, with just changing those small laws on that and changing the values of your rewards, you, you create a completely different game. You're giving the teams more space. You're giving them incentive to score tries and you're showing offset play we can get some go forward. Now, there is hundreds of more laws we need just to brush out and change and start again. Uh, the, the other thing I would do, Stu, is I would put it, and I have to say this, you have to change what you, the, the, the shot clock on the scrums. So scrums, instead of losing three minutes, so we're wasting so much time, you've got a 30-second, 40-second shot clock. If you're not ready to scrummage, it's a bent arm to the other side. You know, so it's your ball and you're, you're not bound up ready to scrummage at the 40-second mark. It's a bent arm. Sorry, you're out. Or it could be a long arm. You've got to put some incentive there. Because we're just wasting so much time. Same thing. In the laws, it says the referee is the sole judge of fact in law. That's why we're getting the TMOs and the referees talking for an hour to each other. Rugby League has stopped saying that. Rugby League has empowered the TMO to say that's a try or it's not a try. And the referee doesn't say, oh, I want to see it. It's my opinion. He, the TMO, tells him, no try. Bang. Okay, we got. So we lose all this time of the TMOs running through it 65 times so we can see it on the big screen. Forget all that crap. Change, change the wording that the TMO is empowered to tell the official what it is. And here's the other one, Stu. And the referees hate this. Referees have resisted reform for 30 years. And, and it's over. It's got to change. We need a second assistant referee on the field that just stands on the defensive line and keeps teams onside. The first month, we'll have a 1,000 penalties. Then we'll see teams are onside and create space. So without changing many laws, just by enforcing the laws we have, changing the reward, you can radically change the mindset of the game. What would that mean for the lines? It means of scrum and line out, they've got game lines, they've got overlaps. What does it say to the back row on the scrums? I can't push all the time because I've got to get out and defend. So the scrums aren't collapsing. There's not as much pressure coming through scrums. It's got all these knock-on effects. Now there's a group of very wise old dudes older than me, that tells you something how old they are. They've got together and they've put a video together of all, a package of all the things they suggest. Now, I don't agree with them all, but, but for World Rugby to come out and just say, oh, we're going to do the 50-22, instead of doing a 22 dropout, we're going to do a dropout from behind your goalposts. A couple of little where you put your toes at the breakdown. I mean, it's, it's like there's a, the lava is flowing down from the volcano and they put three stakes in the ground. You know, you're going, guys, that's just... It's just so that what we need is so much more. It's so undervalued. And Stu, this is because they're not acting as statesmen for the game. They're not act, they're acting as politicians covering the ass of the union they represent. And every all the unions are fearful that the law changes are gonna, they're gonna hurt Ireland. I'll give you an example. I was coaching Ulster at the time. I'll tell the truth. I haven't told this story much before. I'll tell it to you. Ewan McKenzie's coaching uh, another Australian, wonderful guy coaching in Staff Francais. I think Eddie was, Jones was coaching, I think Saracens at the time, he might have just finished. And I was coaching Ulster. 
And the, the, they were changing these laws about 2009, I think it was. was. It was 2008 or 2009. And it was the law now that we take for granted that you, you can do a quick line-out throw. You know, the, the, the ball goes out, the wing can throw the ball in. And it was a couple of other changes. And we were instructed by our unions, so that's the English union, the Irish union and the French union, to vote against it. Because they felt there was the Southern Hemisphere trying to get advantage on the Northern Hemisphere. And there was a little bit of a phone chats and you're going, oh, you kidding me? Like, how's this? How's this South? So we just ignored them and voted for it because it was the best thing for the game. That law change was voted on by the coaches and the coaches approved the law change because we could see what was on, not just our coaches, coaches all around the, the North. We all voted for it. So that should be changed. The politicians won't change the laws because they're fearful of their political position on boards and committees and so on. And until we can get that stalemate moved so that coaches can vote for it, we can get some sort of voting mechanism around rugby to change the things we change, the process will be too slow. And we'll get more uh, games like the South African Lions games, unfortunately. You can see the different mindset in the New Zealanders and the Australians in the Bledisloe Cup test, but they are still as slow as a month of Sundays. We're still getting reset scrums. Teams are still scrummaging for penalties. We're kicking too much for penalties. We're not scoring enough tries, even though we were good the other day. And, but there was so much time wasting, so much fitting all the penalties from the referees. A guy comes in and just clips his knee on the ground on the way through. That's a penalty. And you can see the Australian hooker. There was one. The Australian hooker came in, smacked into a guy, lost his footing, hit the ground, got to his feet. He was supporting his own ball. And he said, you lost your, lost your, didn't support your own body weight. That's a penalty. And the guy's saying, mate, I got hit by a 120 kilo guy. What do you expect me to do? Well, th this, this is the madness in our game. And, and Stu, we saw that. The Lions tour, every test, we saw that madness. We saw where the, 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 the officialdom is out of control. We saw our laws ridiculously technical. And we saw two coaches um, exploiting those laws. And they're not to blame. The coaches are not to blame. It's the laws. Do you think uh, the current professional players at the moment, Matt, would agree with you or disagree with you? Even the props who, if it's a quick game, they may have to lose a few pounds if they want to play the new styles, Matt, that you're saying they should implement? Well, well I'd go on to you. I left one thing out too. And that is you can make replacements at half time. And, and you might say, might say, the 55-minute mark and the 70-minute mark. That's where you can make them. Why are the games being slowed down? Exactly. Because mauling and scrummaging is absolutely killing the tight five. They are sapped. And here's the answer. Bad luck. That's the whole point. If you're tired, you miss tackles. So they're, they're doing this. This is a tactic so they get their breath back. So we're going to have more mauls and more scrums. Well, we've got to, the lawmakers have got to say, bad luck, guys. It's got to change. You know, the, the, you know, there's an old joke in rugby that beer was invented to props, stop props taking over the world. You know, now the props now don't drink too much beer and they are taking over the rugby world. You know, like we've, we've got to step in and say the game is not just for the scrum. If the game is for Chisel and Colby, the, the game is, is, is for Jacob Stockdale. The game, the game is for Robbie Henshaw. The, the game is not just for scrummaging and forward packs and mauling. And that's what we're seeing. This is what I'm saying. We should have scrummaging and we should have mauling, but the game is out of balance. We haven't got yin and yang. You know, we haven't got the balance in our game. It's out of balance in favour of defence against offence and in favour of 
tight scrummaging and mauling against open play. And, and it needs to be rebalanced. And if it's not rebalanced, something drastic is going to happen. And that's going to be people stop watching, which is going to be disastrous for the game. It's not marketable. Well, you, you try and market that game. You take that to America and try and market what we just saw. They're going to laugh you out the door. They're not going to watch that crap. But I can tell you in Australia, they're not going to watch that. I can tell you across Europe, they're not going to watch that. They'll watch other games, but they're not going to watch games that are just boring, boring, boring. And, and you know what? Kids aren't going to play. So, so there's all these dilemmas that they have rolling out in front of them. Uh, but I, I, again, I'm not hopeful that change will come. I'm not hopeful. Who'd want to be in world rugby, Amos? Eh, uh, the board. Um, well, if we take... So sorry, poor old, poor old Joe Schmidt's in a really hard spot because I'm sure he wants to change. It's not, and I, I'm, I'm positive. Joe can't say that because he's I'm positive he wants a lot of changes. But I don't, you know, it's the, it's the politicians stopping it, not, not, the, not the rugby people. Oh, no, it's not the rugby people want, stopping this, mate. We, have, we need some statesmen. We need statesmen who are bigger than, bigger than just the small parochial benefits or, or risks. We need people that, that love the game um, you know, um, and, and not, not love their position in the game. If we take it back to last Saturday, Matt, Australia, the British World Cup fought back pretty hard against the All Blacks, but just came up short. Um, they are giving everything they want. They know that's obviously inter every international team does give everything, but they certainly a young team and they're really fighting for Dave Rennie, aren't they? Yeah, they are, mate. And, and the great stat out of that Australian side, there were 10 players in that side with eight caps or less. So what Dave Rennie is doing two years out from the World Cup is giving these guys caps. And, and you know, we, we, there is a number. Eddie Jones got the number. But roughly, you've got to have the majority of squad with 30 caps or more to win a World Cup. So in the next two years, that squad will be getting up around that mark. Um, now we got a very, they've had, Australia's had very good under 18s and under 20s the last, before pre COVID, last couple of years. They beat New Zealand a couple of times and they've made the final of the World Cup and semi final final of the World Cup under 20s. And those kids are coming through the system. There's still a number of those guys to come through. There's a big guy playing for the Brumbies um, who I coached uh, at under 18 level. Lovely, lovely fella um, who is giant second rower and is going to be one a, a great player of the future now those guys are not yet ready for the wallabies they will be in a year or so so what Dave Rennie is doing is taking these young guys giving them opportunity taking New Zealand and they got beaten they're always going to get beaten, but they weren't smashed New Zealand took their foot off the pedal when after they got a, a bit of a win and they came back. And New Zealand, you know, they're a great side. Don't, don't get me wrong. That intercept try by Richard Monger, that was a right. And then they scored right on half time after Australia had scored a great try. And that's what New Zealand do to you. You know, they, they just do it. But the kids hung in there. They fought. They stayed on their feet. Michael Hooper was absolutely inspirational in his leadership. And it was a good game of rugby. New Zealand and Eden Park, well, they, they've beaten everyone since, what was it, 19, 1992 or something. Australia haven't won there since 86. So, but it was a really good game of, of, of rugby. And that's, that's hopeful for Australia. And Australian rugby has um, got some hope at the moment. I've often been saying uh, for many years it hasn't, so it was in trouble. What's happened during COVID, it's sort of purged it. And it's, they've got new leadership who said, we're in trouble, we've got no money, and we've got, we need help, we've got to pull again. And you know what? 
everyone said, we all know that. This is, this is like, this is exactly like we're saying before about the laws. The rugby community in Australia have known that. We've known that for 15 years. But no one's had the balls to come out and say it. Our leaders now in Australia, who are good leaders, have come out and said it. And the game is slowly turning for the better. Now, world rugby, take a look at Australian rugby. You know, that's, they, they can turn it. And that's what world rugby need to do. But Australian rugby will come up. And they've got to play it again this week in, uh, in Park. And I think they'll lose again. They'll be a bit better for it. But so are the Blacks. The Blacks, you know, they're a great side. Uh, and they, they were a bit wobbly themselves in compared to where their top gear is. But, you know, look, I think as an Australian watching it, I, I was, I, I walked away and said, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that as far as not happy we lost. But the effort they put in and the fact they came back, I thought was great. Um, as you said, it's good to have Australia back there. Hopefully, if they keep going in this sort of progression, back at the top table of world rugby, isn't it, Matt? It is, mate. And, and world rugby is very strong when Australia beats New Zealand because that, that puts the Kiwis back on their toes a bit. And that's great for the rest of the world. You know, it's great, great for the rest of the world that, we, that they get to see that in their own patch. Um, you know, looking for the World Cup, I, I actually think France, in France, are going to be really tough to do. New Zealand are always going to be there or thereabouts. But if Australia stand up, the way Australia, our tradition of playing the game, is positive for world rugby, and that's my point. They, they, when they play opposition teams, they're usually good games. Um, they bring out the, the better in the best in other teams. I think that's a, a real positive. And, and, you know, we do have to stand up as a, as a sport to the South African way of playing. We can't all give in to that because that, 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 that's, that'd be abandoning all our, well, our principles really on how the game's supposed to be played. Just quickly, Matt, to wrap it up there, you mentioned we've got to go against South Africa's way of playing. It is tricky though when they go and win a World Cup, isn't it, and beat the Lions in the series. How you, how you say, look, guys, you've got to change this to, keep, to attract younger viewers and attract people to watch the game and go to the sport. It's, it's really tough, mate. It's really tough. The, the, the key to it is the team that can do it and does it regularly is New Zealand. And why do they do it? Because they've got highly skilled players whose catch and pass is just sensational. So the catch and pass gets them to that space that the South Africans leave um, out wide. And they can also kick there magnificently with the, the quality of the kicking they have in Barrett and uh, Bowden Barrett and Richie Miongi, you know, they're just incredible players. And they've got those individuals that can do it. But, yeah, but what, what I mean is the New Zealanders will play the New Zealand way and stand up to them. And the rest of the world has to take some sort of courage from that. Here's the other part, Stuart, because you're never going to boot them at their own game, right? You know, Xing's you the art of war. You don't attack your enemy at their strength. You've got to attack them at their weakness. And what the Lions did was didn't read that strategy written three and a half thousand years ago in China and they kept attacking South Africa at their strength and, you, and guess what, you didn't win you've got to attack South Africa at their weakness and um, their, their weakness is around out on the outside shoulder of 13 now Luke Am is a great player, he doesn't let you get there very much, I mean he, he cut Elliot Daly in half with some great tackles and he is a fantastic player Almost player of the series for me. I thought he was absolutely magnificent in his play. Um, certainly, you know, dominated that, that corridor between the sides. 
the New Zealanders get there because their catch and pass is so good and they can get to Am's outside shoulder. Once you're at Am's outside shoulder, you're in South Africa's weakness. And they don't like you getting there. They're uncomfortable. And, and that's the key. But a lot of countries don't have the passing skills to do that. Matt, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure and it's been great to get your thoughts throughout the Lions series and just in rugby in general, especially this week. Pleasure, Stu. Great to talk to you as always. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com